show. Let's catch up with Mike and Joe. Mike's in Oakland, Joe's in LA. They're boring and they're gay. Joe pretends it's really sad. He lives with his mum and dad. Fighting with Betty, talking to Twix. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to anyone listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. Can I please tell you I heard my own lisp right now when I said, yes, we do. You know what's so funny is I don't think my lisp is very consistent. Sometimes I hear it and sometimes I don't. Sometimes sometimes I, I, it must have to do with how much water I drank or something because sometimes I don't have it at all. And then sometimes I sound like Sylvester the Cat. You know what I think it is actually is like um, maybe it has to do with like how much you're relaxing or something because I feel like it requires muscles for you to use to not lisp. But every once in a while like the muscles are just kind of tired and they relax a little and that's when the the lisp emerges i'll be honest with you i hear it and i'm just lucky i'm not saying that this is a skill of mine i'm just blessed right in that well <laughs> for my, do you get lispier when you're drunk i don't know but hmm. i what i was gonna say is where i'm a little blessed is i actually think my lisp is kind of cute i'm not gonna lie when i hear my like, oh it's kind of cute i don't even like recognize such a thing <laughs> whether they're cute or not well like, like i didn't even hear the lisp and if I did, I kind of feel like I would just be like, mm, it's a lisp. You know, it's like one of those things that like a flaw in your own sort of like character yeah. or your speech or your physical appearance. Like you notice so much more than yeah. anyone else. It kind of, you know, I have a line in the middle of my forehead, you know, like a, like yeah. just like a, a crease. Yeah. The and, axe mark. Yeah. The, the axe mark. Thank you. The hatchet mark that's in the middle of my head. And in my head, it is like the most. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I don't know. But because uh, Sweet Michael is a liar, so um, I don't the, remember you having this. Okay, exactly. Okay, thank you. So Sweet Michael says he doesn't notice it, right? And to me, it's the most prominent thing on my face, right? And then what I've taken comfort in is there are famous people who also have it just as bad as I do. Like you know, I don't know if you ever heard of this actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah, he has one just like mine. And so I was like, well, I guess no one ever calls that, calls Leonardo DiCaprio. We, and I have no idea what you're talking about in Leonardo DiCaprio. Either. Oh, I can send that to you on a message. I, I send it it to just Michael. like doesn't I, – I mean maybe I've even seen it, but like I don't know. To me, that's not a flaw. Yeah. Ethan you know Hawke I mean? has one too. I saw it the other day. Uh, Who? Ethan Hawke, the actor. Mm-hmm. He has. So what you're telling everyone is you look like Leonardo no, DiCaprio. No, no. I'm just saying I have the same flaws that they do. <laughs> I wish I loved Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Even though uh, a friend of the show, Carlo, was telling me he thinks Leonardo DiCaprio is ugly. I I don't think he's ugly. Oh, you know what? I, Carlo would never say ugly. Carlo would never I say ugly. I think Leonardo DiCaprio do can it for be him. ugly. He can be ugly. 
he like would his, when he does this beard thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna see it right now. No, he was like, I, uh, Carlos gonna get mad. He wouldn't say ugly. Car- Leonardo DiCaprio just doesn't do it for him. Oh, see, the, this Leonardo DiCaprio crease not even a thing to me. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as mine, and I think I think it's the most prominent feature on my face. Like when I if I saw, I mean, like he's kind of squinting a little because he's looking in the sun. I feel like if he stops looking in the sun, it's gone. No, I've seen him in real life. It, it, it's just always there. They hide it really well in movies. Hmm. Um, well, um, that kind of thing bothers me absolutely uh, zero. <laughs> uh, what's up with you? Do you have any stories that you wanted to share with us? Yes. Oh, I, us yeah. being all these great people that are gathered at Mixler.com slash Afterthought Media because it's 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah, we have a really nice full chat room, Mike Gloss, and this is what I like to see, a really nice – you know what this is? This is becoming gay church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a lot of our listeners, it's their church. Yeah, uh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been eight days since Mike Lawson murdered a young Asian boy. In San Francisco. Speaking of, by the way, Sweet Michael right now, who doesn't listen to the show at all, is in San Francisco right now. Oh. With his with his boyfriend. Um, I'm headed into the city for early dinner, late lunch, so maybe I'll see him. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll say hi. Him. Yeah, say hi, Mike. Hi, Sweet Michael. Anyway, um, okay, so I have a dilemma. Uh, I have shared this dilemma on uh, Patreon already. Okay. okay, but I'm also, I'm going to extend the the so, to think people have not heard either. Okay, yeah. All right. So uh, Armando, uh, mentee of the show, Armando. He um, early in the summer, he you know he would come once a week to my parents' house and work out of the house. Okay, for the whole day, and so fairly early on, I want to say late June, right when he first started, he um. He's here, and I have. Have you ever heard of the of the bag company Timbuktu? They make like book bags yeah. and messenger bags. Okay, yeah, they're actually based out of San Francisco. Yeah, they are. And um, I love their stuff. I love their bags. Okay, and I have a book bag from them, and I have a messenger bag from them. Okay, right now I primarily use the book bag. Okay, but I have a messenger bag that has some just junk in it or whatever. Right, and so Armando was here, and and. Uh, uh, apropos of nothing, I assume, he just started talking about how the book bag he had at school last year fell apart, okay? Or something happened to it, or he lost it, I don't know what happened, it got ruined. Couldn't use it anymore. And I said, well, you know what, I actually have this messenger bag that, uh, I mean, if you if you want it, you can have it, you know? Like, I mean, I like it, I do like the messenger bag, but if you need, you know, I'd ra- if I have two... And you need one, and it's for anybody that I know. I'll yeah. give you one, right? And he goes, "Oh my god, thank you!" And he was like, and he took it and he started like polishing it up, you know, because that's some, you know, just dirt, you know. Yeah. And he goes, "I love it." He goes, and he was putting it on and trying all the straps and everything like that. And uh, uh, he goes, and he says, "You know," I go, "How do you like it?" He goes, "You know, I have to get used to it. I'm not really a messenger bag type of guy." He's all, and then as a joke, and I, he, I do honestly think he was probably half joking at least. He says, "You know, uh, if you want, I'll trade you this messenger bag for your backpack." And I was like, "Ha ha ha! No, I love my backpack, right? Yeah. I do, I do yeah. love my Timbuktu backpack." 
And um, whatever, we moved on with our lit day, and he took it, and he was putting all his, you know, undergrad prep books in there and using that and stuff like that, right? Well, then, just by coincidence, by coincidence, within the next week, I think it was, because I remember it was the day he was here again, so it was a week later. Like, around that time, I get a an email from Timbuktu. They're having a 24-hour, 50% off every bag on the site sale. Right? Okay. And I say to him, I say, listen, um, they're having the sale, and, and I'll buy you one. You know, because I know you want the backpack. And he goes, oh, my God. I go, so go ahead. You pick it. You choose it. I'll let you choose. Because it's 50%. It's across the site. You know? Yeah. And he happens to choose the exact one that I have. Same everything. Uh, gets to do whatever he wants to it. And he chooses it. Right. And uh, he picks it. And I buy it. Timbuktu's website, I believe, a lot of the bags, too, you could pick, like, different, like, trim color or something. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um he buys it. And by the way, Timbuktu bags are not cheap. They're, sure. they're not super. They're not Louis Vuitton, yeah. but they're like on the pricier side. Okay. I have a backpack that a, a Timbuktu backpack that I use when I don't use my gym bag. I, I, lo- I love Timbuktu. I love them. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I buy him the bag. And, uh, and then you the expect bag- the messenger bag back. Yes. And he hasn't offered it back. No, he said he won't give it back. Well, no, well, oh, no, there, there, there's an uh, ending to this. There's an ending to the story. Okay, finish it. Yeah. He's, ew, where do you have to go? Oh, I was saying because I interrupted. I thought oh, I was being oh, 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 Whatever. Oh, oh. Just fucking finish this long-ass story. <laughs> so then so then he goes, I go, uh, so once we get the bag, I give him the brand new bag in the back, and I go, so when do I get that messenger bag back? And he goes, what do you mean? It's a gift. He goes, now I go, wait, so you're saying now you have two bags? He goes, yes, I have two bags. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> like, I feel, you know, I mean, he's not wrong, he's first not. of all. Uh-huh. But I feel like somebody who was as generous as you have been mm-hmm. in the last week to him, he would say, like, okay, well, he wants that one back. And he went out of his way to make sure I got the one I wanted, so I guess I do owe him the one back. Yeah. See, it's a this, little weird. So so I have a very, like, it's a very kind of, I like it to say, like, an uncle-nephew kind of relationship with him. Okay? Yeah. So I'm brutally honest. I go, no, I want that bag back. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, why? You, you gave, so you're going to give me the gift and you take it back? I go, no. I go, it's like this. It's like if you told me you needed a car. Right, and yeah. I had a junky car, and I said, "Oh, well, you can have this car, right?" And then uh, I got a good deal on the car, and I bought you a car. Are you saying now you have two cars? And he said, "Yes." Okay, so then I went with uh, to uh, listener of the show John Marti, who knows Armando, and I said, if, Let me- "Pause for once again." I feel like the only thing that you did wrong is you should have said, "Like, hey, I can buy you a new bag. Just give me the messenger yes. one back, yes. and then You're all right. would be fine." You're but- right. You're right. So I go to the reason this is controversial. I think I'm so in the right here. I, John Marti says, hey, you know, you're 100% in the right. He says, you're 100% in the right. Okay. But then I go to this sweet Michael who agree. Like, I could say, you know what? I think that this uh, Hitler had some good ideas. And sweet Michael would be like, I can see what you're saying. Right. I go, sweet Michael, am I the asshole here? And he goes, yeah, you're the asshole. Yeah, he has two gifts. I mean, you did give him two gifts. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah. I think it's a dick move, but mm-hmm. 
It is two gifts. Well, the ending is this, you know, so and this just kind of bleeds into the other story. Okay. Have you seen him since? Yeah, 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 yeah. This bleeds into the other story with Armando, the other the other predicament. So, um <clears throat> So on the his last day of work, which was last Thursday, I said, Oh, can you bring all the books back, bring everything back, yada yada yada. He, he brought, brought it back. to me in the messenger bag. Yeah. And, I, and then I had really felt bad because Sweet Michael put the guilt trip on me. So I said, uh, hey, listen, do you need – I go, look, if you need this bag, if you make a case for me, like, you know, I could put the, my textbooks or something there, I go, I'll, I'll let you have the bag. He's like, no, 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 no. And he was like how his girlfriend told him he was being a dick. And yeah. that, uh, he should just give the bag back. And then he didn't really need the bag, and he doesn't like messenger bags anyway. And I was yeah. like, okay, great. I think that's what adds extra dick move to it is that he was like, I don't even really like it. Yeah. And then you go out of your way to get the nicer one, and then he's like, but I'm going to keep the one that I don't like that you want back. Yeah. Like, this generous person is asking to be returned to them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cool. but, but but here's the deal is, I feel, you know, this is, this is a very controversial thing to say, but ha- after having dealt with, you know, because one of the, the, the focuses of my nonprofit is to work specifically with kids who need the help, obviously, but also who show promise. You know, I'm not going to work with just like any numbskull who's just going to waste squander on the opportunity, right? So yeah. we go through this vetting process. And here's the deal is when you and I cuz this is oh, this is not just true with Armando. This was true with the Yes Kids, another organization I worked with who they do all the vetting and they find the best of the best is their whole lives, you know, from a very young age, they're told that they're special. And so even though they don't have the privilege that usually comes with, like, you know, being affluent or white or some or male or whatever, right? And I'm not saying that they're, they're, they have so much privilege, but they're told so much that they're special and different and uh, they're going to do make changes in the world that they believe the hype. Uh, yeah. th- this constantly happened at Yes, too, where they just totally bought into the hype that they were special and perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And so... Um, so I think they sort of – and they're used to people just giving them things. You know, Armando got a laptop for free. Some, you know, some organization bought him a laptop. And people are constantly giving him things. So I think in his head, he doesn't know. Like, yeah, you gave me two bags. Right. I, don't, I don't think – in a weird kind of way, I don't think he knows any better. The other thing was – so I've since found out this is true. But he, I did get very cross with him, so to speak, last week because – he was God, this is so complicated. Never mind. I'm not gonna get into this in the show. Maybe I'll get into it after breakfast. You know what? It's actually a better after breakfast story for a number of reasons anyway. So there's more Armando drama, but we'll talk about it after breakfast. Cool. Um what do you got <clears throat> going on, Mike Lawson? Well, <clears throat> I had a news story that came across um Oh wait, are we doing news that, now? Uh yeah. From the mountains to the sea to all of California, this is the catching up news report. I think my lisp is in... I'm going to play that again. I think I have a lisp in... When I say this is the Catching Up News Report, listen, listen. From the mountains to the sea to all of California, this is the Catching Up News Report. Mm, You just said the word uh, this, which has an S at the end. So like everyone ends the word with a S, because that's what the word is. Mm. This. All right. 
Joey, uh, the landscape of food delivery has changed monumentally in the last 10 years via mobile apps. Mm-hmm. And while the industry, oh, I'm sorry, while the delivery industry may be providing a lot of gig economy jobs, it's also created its own problems for restaurants and complaints from customers. Okay. Um, you might have seen the story. It kind of has a San Francisco tie just because of the tech companies that exist up here. But basically, a study was just or a survey was released that found between one in three and one in four delivery people said they were guilty of stealing food from oh, customers' orders. I saw that story. Yes. Which 28% of all drivers and only mm-hmm. 21% of customers say they've – wait. So 28% of drivers surveyed mm-hmm. and 21% of customers yeah. say they've noticed or suspected the food was missing at the hands of the drivers. Yeah. Huh. I I, I will say this. I've – now, I don't know if it's the re- – I've always said – here's my thing. I feel when you do – even if it's not even an Uber Eats type delivery service, I yeah. feel when you get takeout, you get less food than you do at the restaurant because they just put whatever they can fit in the container. Sure. Okay? Not necessarily – especially one of these places that gives you a ton of food. Like, for instance – Cheesecake Factory or Claim Jumper. You know, they're not going to get, it's not going to, they don't have a giant container. They just go, it fits yeah. in the container. There you go. That's what you got. I argue, though, a place like Cheesecake Factory, though, is like boil in a bag and portioned out way before oh, yeah, the food yeah, ever yeah. touches the restaurant. Okay. So you're right there. But then yeah. next is I've noticed on Uber Eats that, like, if I get fries or something like that, I get a lot fewer fries. And I think maybe the drivers are eating the fries. Wow. I I don't do any food delivery service very much. Like when I was dating Steve, every once in a while we would like, you know, be watching a movie or something and do it. But it was real rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, you know it kind of grosses me out. I don't know why. Like my food's – if your food's sitting in their car, what's the difference if their hand is touching their fries, I guess? You know what's so funny? A secret boyfriend of the show, Aiden – he constantly uses Postmates. That's a good question for me to ask him. Yeah. Constantly. I mean, I wonder if he's ever noticed. Um, the drivers also had complaints, mostly about lack of tips and customers who don't answer their phones. But chief among customer cl- complaints besides missing food and basic stuff inherent with app delivery, like cold food or limited menus, are about drivers who won't come all the way to their doors. Yeah. So that, that, I've never had a driver come to my door. They call me and say, come out and get it. I don't yeah. know what is the protocol. Are they, 20, supposed to, are they supposed to come to the door? I don't know. They said 29% of app <clears throat> customers say that the drivers would meet them somewhere halfway, and 34% said that they've had drivers stay in their cars and pass food through their car windows. Yeah. Meanwhile, 21% of deliverers, deliverers say that they're annoyed by having to go up elevators or too many stairs. Um, you know what's so funny is I remember having a conversation with an Uber Eats driver once. I don't remember how I got in this conversation or who the person was. But he was saying he actually didn't mind Uber Eats that the most annoying part of Uber Eats were people who ordered sodas. Because they the, the restaurant doesn't give you the sodas ready done. They, they just, just give, give you them the a cups. cup, yeah. yeah. And they have to fill all the sodas and do all that drama. Yeah. And um, Now I'm not a food runner, I'm your waiter. And yeah. I deserve a tip. Yeah. 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 I think uh, so. Some tips I've heard people will put things in the notes like cash tip on delivery, and they tend to get better service because, you know, you could adjust the tip still. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like 
tipping is necessary for this type of thing. Like, I feel like a driver in this situation is working mostly for tips. But do right? you think that the guy or the girl or whoever is bringing the the food do they should should they go to the door or should you go to the car and get the food? Um. See, here's the thing. I don't. So I get like my weed gets delivered via app, right? Mm-hmm. And I put on the note, uh, note like, hey, text when you get here and I'll just meet you at the car. It's easier for me. I don't want you to walk up in my house. I don't want you to ring my doorbell and like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's easier. So in my perfect world, I feel like I would like to meet you at the, don't get out of your car. But also like where I live, like <clears throat> you're double parking or you're pulling up in a driveway. Don't park and like annoy my neighbors that I'm getting a delivery. Just sit there for a second. I'll run in and get it. If a neighbor does pull up and you're being annoying, I can wave and they'll wave back and we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like in a in a weird way, I prefer the curb. Hmm. I always I always go to the curb because I feel sorry for them. Like, why should they have to go all the way to the door just so they can give me my, you know, uh, McDonald's? You know? Yeah. I don't. And what's a, what? It's kind of a weird question or not a uh, complaint. It said drivers are really mad that people don't answer the phone but like who answers the phone ever (laughs) like if i'm waiting for a delivery i might be more apt to answering the phone but when you call from area code you know six seven oh yeah yeah i never answer those who are you i never answer those calls yeah 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 text just text Yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know i feel like gig economy is ruining our our us and this is just another example of that I don't know. Everyone's pissed in the situation. The only people making out are Uber who are making cash out of just having an app. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the restaurants are kind of making out, aren't they? Do they, I mean, do they say they are? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But, Um, but I mean, they don't have to pay for their own deliverers. So I guess they just are getting business for doing nothing but putting their food up on the app. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, um, so they're going to eat your food if you order it from uh, an app. So get used to it. I have a quick question for you. Did you? I, I know you have other news stories, but did you, did you watch these debates at all? Were that one of your news stories? No, I have no debate stories, but I did watch. Well, I kind of like half watched the first night, and then the second night, I just uh, realized that the NPR Politics podcast was going to play sound clips and recap it so precisely that I don't need to like. It's so funny that you say that, because I think I'm going to do this for the next debate, is CNN, uh, after the debate, they um, will play the highlights and then pull the... um, Audio? No, no, pull the... like. So they'll they'll, they'll pull like a candidate, have an interview with the candidate, and then show the highlights from that candidate's performance to the candidate, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you get it all there, you know? And the the problem is, so this was a CNN debate, so they did that, but oh. maybe the next one they won't. I don't know. I yeah. hope they do. I don't know who. I mean, MSNBC was the first one, and they had they their coverage was delivered to me via the podcast that I'm subscribed to, so I got to hear it all. But this CNN one wasn't delivered to me in any way, so I had to kind of like seek it out. But does that uh, make sense? No, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. CNN was easy. I wish CNN would just do them all. Um, but my question to you is uh, it's a political do you want to get into political discussion i mean uh, a little bit we could 
But <laughs> what you just said, CNN should do them all. Like, I almost feel, and this is not an original thought. I've heard it, other people say it. Like, don't you almost think that, like, we would benefit from just having, like, smart people moderate a debate and, like, have a good debate about kind of stuff and then if cable wants to air it they can yeah 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 yeah. um like i've heard like maybe the dnc should put it on and then like provide a feed to whoever wants mm-hmm. to air it or whoever I wants feel to that take happens with the it. with the actual presidential debate that's how it works oh really yeah 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 with the actual presidential debate uh i think they they the the committee on presidential elections or, or debates or whatever they choose someone and then everyone can carry it but do, and a journalist is still usually yeah the yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but they choose the journalist they they usually go with like a yeah. PBS person or something like that sure uh, or a very like neutral type of person but you know I want to bring up uh, because it's something that was very disturbing I wasn't aware of and I know it's going to start some, spark some thing here in the, in the chat room so and that this comes from that that post CNN thing is so Tulsi Gabbard had a big moment on the debate. When she quote unquote owned Kamala Harris, which is something that I've brought up that people should bring up Kamala Harris's very tough on crime record to her and have her explain that. Okay, so that part I'm fine with, and Kamala Harris should have to, you know, give some sort of defense of that. You know, if she's going for Joe Biden for the busing stuff, then she should be able to defend her, you know, policies where she was very very hard on crime. Okay, sure. But what I'm talking so they interview Kamala. It's so cunty and what why gay guys love shit. But Anderson Cooper is interviewing Kamala Harris um, about okay, and I mean he's interviewing Kamala Harris about the the moment, and it's obviously uncomfortable for her. And she gives a super bitchy like oh I love it answer where she's just like oh well you know I was kind of expecting that since you know let's be honest I'm top tier and she's what at like 1% maybe you know mm-hmm. and so, yeah I don't know, know her yeah I don't, I don't know her right <laughs> right so but she said but I think it's odd that Tulsi Gabbard won't condemn Bashar al-Assad who is the I don't know what he is the president of Syria I don't know what the what they call yeah. the head of state there and um so then they have Tulsi Gabbard on, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, thanks, Kamala Harris. You're being ridiculous. Mike Lawson, it was so uncomfortable. She will not denounce Bashar al-Assad. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so, so odd. Like, it's like an Anderson Cooper, God bless Anderson Cooper, as long as he could, um, he is trying to, to uh, pin her down, right? Yeah. And, she, and he's literally saying, you realize... Will you say that he is a, um, let me see, uh, Tulsi, I'm trying to find it. I'm looking it up, too. Okay. Uh, will you will you say that he is a, uh, here it is right here. So I've got to find it. Tonight was bit. especially important for uh, a number of candidates on the boring, stage boring, during the debate. Boring. One this of them, she did eventually uh, call Tulsi, him a brutal uh, Tulsi Gabbard made well, it yeah, That was days later after, like, yeah. <laughs> there was all this, like, backlash. Let me see where it is. Let me see if it's right here. Music. This is it. It's so weird, Joey, because I feel like in a normal world, we this would be yeah. really top headlines, but it's not because there's so much crazy shit happening. Yeah, like, hold on, here we go. That if all of a sudden you are taking away their choice, okay, that's, the, that's not that's, that's, that's not the, a very American thing, in my opinion. Hold on, I think see. our our country, right, the American uh, Stalin killed, murdered, okay, okay, here we find has it. disappeared. Our country, understand that position. Do you? sisters from being sent into harm's way to fight counterproductive here we go 
My take is one of a soldier to hear about rather than actually addressing her record, the issues. As a, uh, you know, a dictator or a murderer. I think it's unfortunate and mm-hmm. a disservice to voters in this country that she resorts to cheap smears rather than actually addressing her record. The issue- okay, so she still doesn't answer. She's now going after Kamala. Yeah. yeah. She's if I was I've Judge read- Judy, I would be saying, hey, that's the question to yeah. should Kamala Harris be attacking you on yeah. this topic? But my question was, yeah, do you what support- is your opinion yeah. Yeah. of yeah. Oh, he, he, he tries to pin her down. Yeah. And the fact that she said she is proud of this record. If that's the case, then voters deserve to hear about why she's so proud of the lives that she has negatively impacted, the families that she's torn apart in California. It, it, no, by the way, I was, I was like, Kamala Harris, she's right. Kamala Harris should respond to that, but that's not the answer to the question. If, right. uh, if voters are wondering, what is your take on Bashar al-Assad? What do you say? My take is one of a soldier, where I've seen the cost of war firsthand. In not Iraq, answer. serving in a medical unit yeah. every single day, confronted with that high human cost of war. So I will never apologize for doing all that I can what does to that prevent to do with the more answer? of my brothers and sisters from being sent into harm's way to fight counterproductive regime change wars that make our country less safe, okay. that take more lives, and that cost taxpayers trillions more dollars. So do- if that means meeting with a dictator or meeting with an adversary... Absolutely. Do you, I would do it. Do you this consider is about the him, national security of our country. I understand that position. Do you consider him a, a torturer or a murderer? Yeah, that's not what this is about. I don't, Isn't that weird, Mike Lawson? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have very many opinions other than it's just weird. I, <clears throat> I have a coworker who's like way into her. And yeah. I think some of it, he's the, like the one straight guy I work with. Mm-hmm. I feel like he thinks he, she's hot. That's mm-hmm. my guess. Um. Yeah, he hasn't, yeah but, he hasn't said why he likes her. But but then but you know, uh, crazy person boyfriend of Sweet Michael Noah, he's super into two piece into Bernie, and he's into her. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I don't. I why won't she say it? You know. But she has since come out and called him a an evil dictator or something, right? So she said something. Yeah, she's. I think she's acknowledged that he's killed people or something like that. But yeah, I, it's super, super bizarre. I don't get. And I was even trying to look up her heritage. Maybe it was, but she's not. She's not Syrian. I no. don't know. I don't know what the connect. But it's the same thing to me with like. I'm not saying that there's the same sort of illicit ties. I don't know what her deal is. But it reminds me of how Trump won't say anything bad about Putin. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's super crazy. Um, okay. Did you have another news story, Mike Lawson? Um. Yeah. Well, I was I pulled up oh, I pulled up the Gilroy um the garlic festival. Um there so a there was a shooting since we've last talked at uh this Gilroy garlic festival. You might remember I don't know, maybe not last summer, but the summer before, mm-hmm. I told stories about Steve and I going to this yeah, same I knew, festival. Yeah, I knew the name sounded familiar, so I couldn't yeah. remember place why. Okay, that makes sense. It's it's sort of like a kind of like the strawberry festival that they do down in garden grove like uh-huh. everyone goes eventually but it's not the kind of thing that you go to every year necessarily uh-huh. um so like you'll go and you'll have like i don't know ice cream with garlic on it or you know like you do all the stupid stuff once and it's a it's a community event people in gilroy live for this garlic festival it like keeps the city alive um quite frankly uh-huh. uh because it basically pulls the whole kind of like all the metro areas go, you know, pulled down to this uh, summer festival that they do uh, over a weekend every summer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah. Oh, um, so since then they found out the dude shot himself. Did you see that? Yeah, because the cops are claiming that they like that yeah. they yeah. Well, so they did shoot him. So he was shot by cops, but he then took a uh, bullet to his head that he fired himself. Yeah. So it seems like he kind of like got shot and then decided he was going to be responsible for taking himself out. Uh, so that happened. But then even since then, a 33-year-old dude was arrested on Thursday Thursday, because he posted some threats to social media. He basically said, like, um, when I do it, it's going to – I'm going to take, like, 500 people or oh something gosh. like that. So he was arrested. Um, and then since then, we've had two other mass shootings. So um, I guess this is just, you know, summer in America now. This is just how we – we live it we'll find out what the detail is because everyone should know listening later that this is the we're, we're recording this the morning after the dayton ohio shooting and also yeah. the day after the el paso shooting and and at the walmart and uh the ohio one i know nothing really about other i don't know anything about it either but we know that the, it was a white supremacist in el paso what was the was the gilroy he was a, like a far-right extremist too right yeah he posted some stuff about Something about like um, read this book and it linked to some sort of like Nazi book that was uh, linked on some right wing crazy like Latunic um, Latunic lunatic fringe sort of stuff. No, Latunic is right. So um, yeah, Appellate Appellate <laughs> Oh Appellate the Appellate Courts. Um, you know what's so funny is I. Why? Speaking of Tulsi Gabbard not coming out against uh, Bashar al-Assad, what I, I would love to ask my question, my friends across the aisle: How are they not seeing the connection between the rhetoric of our president to these shootings? Right. I don't have. I mean, I don't know that I could add much to anything that you could say. I. I don't know. Like, I, I just get kind of angry and emotional, and then that's usually when I get mean and say things that I don't exactly mean, and I get clumsy with language, so. Girlfriend, you were so long. <laughs> um, oh, by also, the way, hey, I, for, I forgot to ask you what you thought of Tulsi Gabbard. I want to kill her. No, Mike Lawson, do not. <laughs> do not. Joey, real quick, this is a I'm I have one other news story that I'm gonna do so fast. So over a hundred people packed into the lobby of a San Francisco public high school this last week to okay. view a controversial mural that's been called racist or degrading for its depiction of black and Native American people. Mm -hmm. And for some reason it just reminds me of something that you would see on like Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. Um it's this eighty-three year old fresco. Um it's basically had a little bit of pushback. They're going to paint over it. Um, but then all of a sudden people are like, no, this is history. And uh, it's not offensive. It's actually a depiction of how awful George Washington actually was. Mm -hmm. And it's almost comical. I mean, it has, you know, a dead uh, Native American. So it's not, I guess that's not funny. But the way I just sent you a picture of it. There's a picture of, like, George Washington doing some work here. There's mm -hmm. a picture of some, um, like, pioneer, white pioneers. Yeah, I see that, yeah. And then there's just a dead Native American lying, like, stiff as a board, hands at his side. Mm -hmm. 
And then in another part of the mural, um, I don't see a good picture of it, but I've seen a photo somewhere, maybe in a video or something where there's like um, some white people working in the foreground. And then in the background, you see like slaves working. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, I mean, it's offensive. I don't know. I, it, is it offensive? I mean, so literally kind of like portray history is that offensive or is it that a mural celebrates that so i guess my question is this where is it who is this who is anybody calling for anything what are people saying about it yeah they're about to paint over it but then there's a a group of citizens that are now trying to put a measure on the ballot that would preserve the mural and get it to become like some sort of landmark and require more hoop jumping to paint over I guess what I would say is that's a tricky one because I always feel it's dangerous to paint over art now, what or to to eliminate art now. That might now, but you get to the question of well, what about people who are taking down statues and whatnot of Confederate soldiers and whatnot. In this case, it's not, is it entirely clear? I can't tell that the art is memorializing it or or praising it or you know. I, it it's doesn't kind s- of a praise. The painting is called "The Life of Washington," and okay. it goes across a couple of walls, and it's supposed to depict the different sort of like monumental and great things that he has done for our country and with his life. So it is a bit of a memorial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then I would say, ah, gosh. I would be fine with whatever decision. And this is going to be wishy-washy. I'm fine with whatever decision. Whatever the people choose. Yeah. What's interesting with the picture I sent you, by the way, I love how I, this, I love this part of the painting. Mm-hmm. They have a event in the wall <laughs> where the yeah. painting is. Uh-huh. And they straight up made that into George Washington's desk. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, What's where are we in the show? What do we do? Do you got anything else? Do you have news stories? What are yeah, we doing? Yeah, it's a pretty brief story. So uh, the people who live across the street from my parents' house, uh, they sold their house. They moved. Okay. And, oops. And um, and so the other day, gosh, today is Sunday. This must have been Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, I go downstairs. My my dad's like, did you see who's moving in across the street? Oh. And I go, and I go no, people are moving in already? He's like, yeah. Because the people, the people just moved out. Yeah. Know? And there was never like a sold sign or anything. So as sure. far as we knew, it was just for still for sale. And he goes, oh, yeah, the, the, the people moving in. They could and, be renters too, right? Couldn't yeah, the original could be owner maybe true. be renting? True. So I look outside, and I don't see any moving trucks, but I just see a bunch of like Mexicans – from like from Mexico, like I can, they're speak. You can just tell when they're Mexicans from Mexico, right? And they're just like there's like forty of them. What, okay, this is really brazen, actually. Like two of them are sprawled out. Mike Lawson sprawled out on their name na- on the neighbor's yard, like it's a park. Okay. And my mom's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." We have cholos living next to us. Oh my god, there goes a the neighborhood, you know, kind of thing. She didn't say there goes a the neighborhood, but she's like, Oh my god, Her oh my god. It, yeah. She goes, Please God, please let them be like I don't know, please, I don't no, 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 right? 
And then I, she's inside and she's really upset. And then I look and I go, oh, I think that they're just cleaners. Yeah, or like the movers or something. No, not the movers. They're, they're clean. And, and I go, I think they're just cleaner. They're cleaning up the house because um, the... Uh, because there, there was an old lady there. It's like my mom made up a whole story. There's a grandma and all this drama, right? Yeah. And I go, no, the grandma just handed them a business card. I think she's the <laughs> the real estate agent, right? And mm-hmm. my mom's like, oh, okay. So then my parents had to go to some event yesterday. But when I went outside, I saw like a giant moving truck right after they left. So uh, I was like, oh, what is this drama, right? And there are these white guys and black guys taking the stuff off the truck and stuff like that and moving and doing all this drama, right? And um, I'm like, oh. And then I see, like, um, like probably a woman in her 50s, like, kind of directing things, right? Yeah. And her, what I think, I hope he lives there, hot son, who's probably in his early 20s, early to mid-20s, but they're Middle Eastern, Right? Cool. And I'm like, oh. And so then I, I wave to them and they wave back and they seem super, super, super nice. And um, I'm like, oh, it's Middle Eastern people are moving in. Okay. All right. So then my parents were at an event. So my parents get home yesterday and I go, did you see the moving trucks when you left? And they're like, yeah. Oh, my mom's like, oh my God, it's even worse. It's white trash. <gasps> right? I go, it's white not white trash. trash. And she goes, yes, it is, Joey. It's a bunch of rednecks that's moving in across this thing. And I go, no, it's not. It's a Middle Eastern family. She goes, how do you know? And I go, because I said I told her the story. And she goes, oh, my God. Thank God. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I go, I go, she goes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's I was so like, weird. wait, what would you rather have? Cholos or, or, or white trash? I don't know, Joey. I don't know. I don't know. That's That's a tough one. I don't know. That's a tough one. So just thank God it's Middle Eastern people. Oh, I hope you. I never get old. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest with you. I kind of see. Like, at least with the Mexican, I'm like, oh, there's going to be fucking loud-ass parties with bounce really? houses every goddamn weekend. Yes. Whenever I used to go visit my cousin Richard in East L.A., R.I.P., like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was like, and he, I will say, Richard was really, really good at, like, nailing how like just articulating things you know and i remember he would be so upset it would bother him so much because it like literally every like the first of every month or something or payday whatever it was like a fucking carnival in his goddamn neighborhood like just bouncy houses everywhere and like loud music and he couldn't sleep and he told me he was like the problem the difference between and he was specifically talking about, like, Latinos from, you know, he was like, is that between white people and Latinos, is that white people think about wealth and Latinos just think about the present. So when white people make money, they're trying to build wealth. They're trying to think of money for the generations to come, you know? Like, they're trying to build money so that they can live in the future and also for their kids live in the future. He's like, where Latinos get a paycheck and the, the second they get the paycheck, they blow it on carne asada and a bouncy house and a party and that they blow all their money and they're living that's why they live paycheck to paycheck and i Mm. actually do think i don't think it's necessarily specific to latinos i do think and we could probably do a whole conversation about why they do that could be because they have so little joy in their lives and like yeah like this is the one i think that there's even so uh, not to get too much into it but my friend celeste's um has done research you know this like um uh marshmallow study you know this 
uh, there's this like famous study with like kids who like take marsh or you, is give, a kid is given a marshmallow and they're told like, Hey, hold on to this marshmallow. I'll be back in five minutes. Mm-hmm. If you don't eat it, I'll give you two marshmallows and you mm-hmm. can have them or you can just eat this one and that'll be your one. Mm-hmm. So the, the pr- researcher leaves and then there was like all this hubbubaloo about how uh, some kids are born with willpower and some are not. It's mm-hmm. just an innate thing that some kids have and some don't. And then Celeste did a bunch of research. She got some good kind of press on it too. I don't know. I'm really bad at kind of understanding stuff like this, but mm-hmm. basically she learned like there's so many more factors than just that. And some of it is like, if you're the youngest child, you tend to be like, fuck that. I'm eating this now. Cause my shit gets stolen. Yeah. Or if you're raised hungry, you're like, you know what? I'm eating this now. Cause I've had promises before, or, you know, there's a lot that goes into kind of things more than just willpower. And I think that's part of it too, is like, you know what? We got money now, so let's spend it now. Let's have, mm-hmm. we've, you know, gone a month without having a great day. Let's have a great day now when we can. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I don't have to deal with that now. And um, <laughs> might be worse. What if yeah. they, um, I don't know, what if they throw a lot of weird parties or something? And the thing with white trash and Mexicans, too, they're going to fucking park cars in their lawn and shit like that. It's a whole thing. So now it's it's wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. Middle Eastern people that are going to be with their hot son. I hope he lives there. And uh, fantastic. I'm happy. Perfect. Beautiful. Wonderful. So anyway, that was that story. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing going Um, on with you. Nothing happened to you at all. I also had a very slow weekend. I I called Mike Lawson yesterday and told him I had a very slow week. I I did stuff. I had a so on Wednesday. I went to like one of my f- almost final dental appointments, and I paid off everything. So like, literally, my savings account went almost like the lowest it's been in the last two years because I've been saving for the shit. So like I like I hit major milestones. I did stuff. I you know got stuff done, but it was like not great po- uh, podcast content. Yeah, I sat and watched this. Uh, Finding Prince Charming, so I could listen to my friend Joey's podcast on it, mm-hmm. and that that um, was a big waste of time. I watched a really great documentary called um... Shit. <laughs> it's called Shit. Yeah, look it up. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't remember. I'll tell you later. Um, yeah, I'm just boring, Joey. What do you have going on next week? Well, today I'm supposed to go see a movie with Jean Paul. Uh, we'll see if that works out. And then, um, I literally have nothing going on. I work and do, I do, I work, but just called podcasting and teaching kids. Cool. I am, I'm going to the city too. I have dinner plans with some, with an old coworker and I'm going to hit up the gym and that's all. All right. Well, nice catching up with you, Joe. Go to hell, Mike. for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson 
and follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week.